All right. You know what it is. You know who it is. We're back. Episode 32 of the Fight Cast. Good week in the UFC. Some boxing news. We're going to go over all that stuff. We're going to get started with the uh, UFC. So, uh, big, I, I wouldn't say a big weekend in terms of the magnitude of the fights yet, but I thought it was going to be a big weekend in general. Uh, Islam Makachev, who I've heard uh, his last name said about four different ways, but I'm going to go with Makachev because I think that's how it's pronounced. Fought Tiago Moises, and then Maisha Tate made her return against uh, Marion Renault. And we also had who else was on that card? Uh, some good stuff from Jeremy Ste- or, uh, yeah, Stevens versus Gamrot, and uh, a cool fight from Billy Quarantillo, who uh, I guess is from Buffalo, New York. So it's pretty cool because we're both from New York. But uh, so Quarantillo, uh, he fought Gabriel Benitez. He won. Um, he had a TKO in the third round. And he, uh, he had a cool call out. I forgot. I'm trying to remember who the hell he called out now. Now I'm calling blank. But it was a, it was a good fight. Um, he definitely showed out. He had a really cool uh, press conference at the end or interview after the fight that I think probably got people excited to, uh, to root for him. And he's from Buffalo. So I'm definitely excited to kind of watch him. Um, Rodolfo Vieira had another submission win. And I think of his eight wins in the UFC – one, two, three. Uh, our eight wins overall, at least through those last three in the UFC, have been uh, come by submission. Um, so he's a uh, he's a savage. He's a Brazilian jiu-jitsu guy. He's uh, he's huge too. So I'm excited to watch more of him. He's eight and one right now. Then we had um, Gamrot Matt Tezus Gamrot. Don't know how to say his first name. He was. Uh, he trains an American top team and I trained one of his friends and I was talking to him on, uh, on Saturday night during the fight. He told me to watch out for this guy. He said he's a great wrestler and Jeremy Stevens, um, who we've talked about before, Jeremy Stevens will go down as probably one of the only fighters to have his most famous, well, maybe not one of his most famous moments, not be in the ring. Um, but he, I think he passed another milestone by having the most losses inside the UFC uh, so he's 28 and 19 right now. So I think he's, uh, I think he's passed. I, I'm pretty sure he has the most losses like inside the UFC. So I'm not sure the exact number, but I'm almost positive there. Um, Gamrot moves to 19 and one. He had a, a really good, um, Kimura that he got on him and, uh, he tapped him out in the first round. It was just really bad by Jeremy Stevens to get caught in that position, especially with a dude like Gamrot. Um, then we had Maisha Tate coming back. So these were the fights get a little bit more interesting. So Maisha Tate uh, fought Marion Renault, and Renault is uh, an older older fighter. She's been around for a little bit. She was nine seven and one when the fight started, and uh, she's forty four years old. I, I think you know I said this before. I think that her fighting her fighting Maisha Tate was more of a get back in order for Maisha Tate to see what she can do, get her feet wet again. I don't think they were going to throw her in there with anybody crazy, but they threw her in with someone who was on the way out and it, it showed, you know, Renault had, I would say like half of a moment in the first round where she, you know, threw a couple of good punches, but that was really it. She didn't really do much. She was moving back the whole fight. Uh, Maisha Tate took her down twice and basically dominated on the ground. And then, you know, that was, she looked good. Now, in terms of like the women's division, she is just coming back off of five years. And I think in terms of MMA and especially the UFC, it's changed a lot in the last six months. So for her to be out of the game for five years and then come back against someone like, and her division is, Amanda Nunez, uh, Valentina Shevchenko, like all these girls at, I think it's 135. She not, I think maybe five years ago, she had a chance. Um, I could be wrong, but I just don't think her game has developed enough from what I saw. She didn't use a lot of kicks, you know, her takedowns were good, but she did struggle a little bit to take Renault down and her punches were again, good, but they weren't, um, they weren't great for what she'd want to see against someone who, 
And the only reason I say this is because at the end, she said that she came for the belt. Like she didn't just come back just to come back. She wants the belt. So for her to do that, she's going to have to fight Nunez. She's going to have to fight Shevchenko. She's going to have to fight the other Brazilian girl who I forgot her name. Um, I think all of these girls at this moment, unless I see something different in her next fight, uh, would whoop her and it would, it would be bad. So I don't, I don't think there's, you know, again, I, I think that the games just change so much and there's so much more that you see from the Shevchenkos. And uh, again, Amanda Nunez has been at the top for a while now that I don't think Maisha Tate is going to be someone who's going to be able to step in after a layoff and, and do any damage, uh, especially with, you know, Shevchenko being great on the ground and her kicks are insane. And then, like I said, Amanda Nunez is just probably the, the best fighter ever in the women's division, you know, outside of Ronda Rousey, if you want to, you know, talk about her little run, but I think hers was a little early and then Holly Holm and all that stuff. So Amanda Nunez right now, easily the best fighter in the history of the UFC at that weight division. So I don't think Maisha Tate's going to do anything moving forward. I think it was good to see her come back and, and see her kind of, you know, be there again in the mix, but I think she's right now just a name. Um, then we had Islam. So we had Islam Makachev versus Tiago Moises. And Islam, this was his, uh, not his coming out party in terms of like getting his name out there, but like this was his first main event. The eyes were all on him. Khabib's been retired. This is, I think his first fight. Or no, second fight, sorry. This is the second, second fight since Khabib retired and he was on the uh, Izzy and Blahovich card in, I want to say November. When was that fight? No, that was in February, I think. Yeah, it wasn't that long ago, I don't think. I think it was February, but whenever that fight was, um, he was on that card, and he uh, he took out Drew Dober, who, in my eyes, was somebody who I thought was going to be uh, a big name within the lightweight division, and he made him look silly. So for Islam now to step up against a guy and uh, Tiago Moises, who was ranked, was, uh, again, a huge step. And I think that it put to, to rest a lot of things about him that people were asking. And this fight to me showed just how good he is. Um, he does have, I, I think he's better on the feet than Khabib. And I think it showed. And I think he's, I, I forgot the exact stat, but he's one of the, the least hit guys in the UFC. So like per round or per minute, he, he gets hit the least amount. So for him right now, I think he needs, I, I think his next fight's got to be in the top five. And I think the only thing that stops it from being in the top five is the people in the top five who aren't going to want to fight him. And Habib had an interview last week and they were talking to him about Islam and they were asking questions. And um, he, he went out on a limb. He's, he said that he thinks he could finish Dustin. He thinks he would maul Oliveira. And I, I, I agree. And I think that Islam really right now just needs that little, that test at the top. And um, there was a lot of stuff that came out about him this weekend. He called out Michael Chandler. He called out Tony Ferguson. He called out uh, Rafael Dos Anjos. Like he, he called out a bunch of people, but you know, I, I think he just wants somebody with a name and he wants somebody, uh, even Connor got brought up into the mix. And I think honestly, once I heard that, I think I would love to see that fight um, just for the background of Khabib and Connor. And I think that Islam and Connor would be like, I think it would be not as big, but I think it would be a great story to like carry on everything that's going on. And it may be another avenue for Connor, but I think he would get fucking destroyed at this point. But um, Islam showed out. He dominated the fight on the feet. He dominated the fight on the ground. And Tiago Moises is a black belt. So when you see a dude like Islam and Habib dominate these guys on the ground, it's it's insane because he, he makes it look like they have little to no experience training. And he, he just has the right positions. He knows where to go. He, he gets his hooks. He gets his... But these, these Russian dudes are just wrestlers, right? Like, their, their ground game is just straight up wrestling. It's Sambo. So, like, Sambo is like a, a wrestling... It's like the Russian version of, I guess, jujitsu. So, it's like but wrestling. It, look, it looks like high school wrestling, right? Like that's what yeah, it looks yeah. Like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, it's a, the Russian Sambo is like... It's, it's a heavily based wrestling background with, like specifics of stuff that they have whatever that might be but um they're just they're good at it they know what the fuck they're doing um and again islam just dominated him from the start he, he didn't get hit uh he might have got hit like once or twice but 
he took him down with ease and he controlled it in the clinch. He controlled it on the ground and he ended up stopping, uh, getting this, um, rear naked choke that I didn't even think he had anything on. Yeah. I think, you know, I, I wanted to say that I, cause I got to see some of it. Um, and it's the first time that I've ever seen him, uh, in more than a highlight. And he's very creative. He reminds me of, Connor when Connor was at the top, like or like John Jones or Anderson mm-hmm. Silva or GSP. Those guys that are not like for me, there's like a handful of guys that I've seen in MMA, UFC in particular, that are like, okay, those guys can fight. And then there's just a bunch of dudes. Yeah. Like, like all these names that that Islam was calling out for to me, they're just dudes. Like yeah. I saw something in him, a creativity, like um, like his mind and body working beyond what people normally do in training. Like, yeah, the, you could tell he's the type of dude that thinks about fighting. Yeah, and his reaction time, his reflexes, he's just one of these guys that's built to fight, and mm. and not just one certain way. Just overall, he's got something else. Like this dude is fucking made to fight. And it's just in his blood. It's the Dagestani blood. Yeah. Yeah, it's like when I was like, because again, it was the same thing with with Connor coming up. Like the, the way that he moved around, mm-hmm. you could just see like this dude is supposed to be fighting. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and then like the, the the when to know or to how to know when to attack. Yeah. You know what I mean, I, you know, you're fucking around, you're 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 nice and relaxed, and all of a sudden, boom, he attacked. And I saw, you know, a couple times Islam do that where he was sort of just moving around, then boom, 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 attack, and then back to because that's boxing shit yeah. right you're nice and relaxed you know you're moving around and then bah, 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 and then you're back to nice and relaxed and i saw him do that except obviously it was with you know grappling like you yeah, know the takedown yeah yeah. Was, yeah um and then when he got him in that fucking choke you know what i mean like he i i forget how like how did it happen he so he, he like he went he like went in and he hit his body first right and then he just like yeah, so, so what he was trying to do, so, and, and uh, which, which is crazy that he even got it. But the, that's what I was saying. Like, cause so when you get in that position, you want to try to get your hooks in. So you want to try to get your legs inside his legs. So you're kind of like hugging the inside of his legs. And then when there's the position you usually want to grab, which he had was a seatbelt grip. So it's, it's this way. So like the, the hand is over and then the other hands underneath for the most part. So when you have that seatbelt grip, um, the way to defend that is you want to defend this hand. So this for Tiago Moises, this right hand is the thing that you got to get rid of. And then the left hand is usually you want to try to get it on top, but where he was on the ground, he wasn't going to be able to. So it was probably here. So the main thing he had to do was attack this hand and he did. And that's why you saw him kind of come around the body. He hugged his hand here. So like he hugged his hand down here and then he was pulling it closer towards Tiago Moises' hip. If you saw and yeah. then he was doing it with his right hand over, and then he just slipped it in this way. And then with the guillotine, obviously you you crank here, you get the in there, you get the your hand on your bicep, you squeeze, you get the hand behind the head, and like he just did that amazingly without even having his hooks in. Yeah, um, and it, it looked like he was falling forward. I thought he was going to fall forward, and yeah. he rolled forward then, a little bit. The, the, yeah, the way so he you could see he shifted his weight. Yeah, I mean, he grabbed him and then shifted his weight, so he like pulled him down and like yep. yanked him back this way, dude. That it looked like some street fighting shit. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean, again, again, it's like those things that like your adrenaline is going right, and and some people have it, like they just know when to do the right thing, you know, at the right time, and that was it. Like he got, he got his, you saw, he got his up, he was doing something else, whatever the fuck he was doing, I can't remember exactly what he was doing before that. Then got his arm uh, where it needed to be, yeah, and then just saw it like oh. I just, I got to slip it under just a little bit and just crank back real quick. And it, that was it. It was just, to me, it looked creative. Like I don't yeah. normally, the shit that I don't like about MMA is a guy taking fucking four and a half minutes to try to get that way. Yeah. Like that shit is annoying. As well, fun. I think, I think the thing, yeah, I think the difference is, is like when you see it and like, re- realistically, and actually you're saying that's a really good point. Realistically, this fight was not that different from Burns and Thompson on the, on the Connor fight. The, the difference was that I think that, I think Thompson is a different level, but um, Burns is a, he, he struggled a little bit to get Thompson down. 
And when he did get him down, it was, it was pretty boring on the ground because I think that Burns is like, you know, has a strict, I don't want to say strict, but like has a heavy jujitsu background. Whereas Islam has whatever the fuck Khabib teaches him background. And I think that's, and I really think like, no matter what, Islam has the skills. And I really think that this is going to show Khabib as like a really great coach um, because he just looks back and Khabib just tells him what to do. Like, you know, there was one point in the fight in the third round where he got into some trouble. Like he, he got his leg caught um, and uh, Moises was trying to leg lock him or ankle lock him or heel hook him, whatever. And he just stopped, relaxed. He looked up, looked at Khabib and Khabib told him what to do. And he just started punching the dude in the face. And then like, he just kind of, he, he, he still had his ankle on, like he still had his leg locked, but like, um, it's just like those little things that he's going to have such an advantage of having Khabib in the corner and knowing that like, I think it's going to carry him to like the promised land and get the belt. Cause I, I just don't see, I, like I said, he's got all the skills. I think he's super good on his feet and compared to the other UFC guys. I, and I think that for him, being so good on the ground, he doesn't need to be that good on his feet. And he's more than above average on his feet in terms of UFC that I think it's just going to like, he's going to be able to beat everybody either on the feet if he needs to, or he's going to be, and if they take him to the ground, he's just going to beat him on the ground. So for me, again, he's, he's number one right now. He's a number one contender. Um, Obviously I'm going to, I'm going to say he's a number one contender because uh, Dustin is obviously fighting for the belt next against Oliveira. So those two are there. One of them is going to be champion. Um, I do think he would beat Oliveira right now. Uh, I, I, Dustin, I also think he would beat. I tend to agree with Habib, but um, I'm, I'm excited to see. I want him to go against somebody in the top five. I'd love to see him against Michael Chandler. Um, I think Michael Chandler versus Islam would be like a, a great fight. Um but again, it's just going to be whether these guys. I, bro, just off the little I seen, I think he's on smoke there, dude. Yeah. I think he would fucking smoke. He just seems so much strong, more physically imposing than him. You know what I mean? Like, and I just think. And again, the creativity, the creativity for me is what separates. And again, I've only seen this little bit of him. Mm-hmm. But it stands out. Like, like a lot of dudes don't stand out. Yeah. Again, for me, a lot, you look at the and they're like, yeah, oh, whatever. You know, all, a lot of MMA guys look the same. If there's a jiu-jitsu guy, he looks the same as every other jiu-jitsu guy. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he's a taekwondo or karate, he looks the same. There's some, there's some about him that stands out. Like, he just – it looks like he doesn't have a style, that he just yeah. fucking beats the shit out well, of him. Well, I think – and like I said, I think that – I really think he's going to be – I mean, obviously he has a loss on his record, so it's, it's tough. But, like, I really think he can be just as impactful – if not more impactful than in terms of like the fighting game uh, as Khabib. Because I, I think, like I said, the thing that Khabib really lacked, and I think there was a reason for it, because I think that's why he was so good on his, on the ground, but Khabib didn't have hands. Like he didn't, he didn't, he didn't punch well. His boxing was very bad. And even at the end when it was okay, it was still really bad. Um, but he got by with it because he was so good on the ground. And like, if you saw, you know, uh, against you know the biggest ones are against Connor, Dustin, and Gaethje. All of them are heavy strikers. And Gaethje, um, Habib had no issue whatsoever with. Um, I know he was having problems with the leg kicks that, that against Gaethje, but like he used his punches just to get inside. Dustin, same thing. Connor, same thing. And he even rocked Connor because his takedowns were so like you have to watch out for them so much. So with Islam being you know, learning everything from Habib, maybe not having the actual, like the IQ yet, or like the high IQ of like understanding, like Habib understanding, like this is what I need to do at this point. But he has Habib right there who can tell him everything he needs to do. He's just learning from him on a day and day daily basis. And uh, it's going to go, I'm telling you, I, I think Islam's going to be the champion for a long time. And I think it's going to be very soon, depending on, you know, when they start to put him up because this lightweight division is so stacked that unfortunately, like he's going to be on the outside looking in until something happens with the belt. Um, but really, I mean, he's, he's got to be at least number two in line. You know, I don't see anybody besides Gaethje and Chandler who deserve anything worth a shot. Uh, and Chandler already just got his and he lost. So like for me, it's, it's uh, Islam right behind for the belt. And then 
who, you know, Islam defending his belt at that point. So, um, but yeah, like I said, I think it's going to be a big, uh, a, it was a big weekend and, and again, not right now, but I think it's going to be a big, this was a big weekend for um, the lightweight division. Cause I think Islam really cemented himself as like the guy in that division for me. So this weekend, uh, we got another UFC fight night and, uh, well, actually I was two and I picked two and on the night. Yeah. So coming back with a little bit, you know, it's been, it's been a little bit, but we got, uh, um blah, 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 where are we oh yeah so ufc fight night this weekend this one's gonna be a cool weekend because i got two guys fighting in this in this uh card this weekend i'm excited to watch them um along with that there's a fight i've been waiting for and Corey sandhagen and tj dillashaw and there's another one on here between macy barber and miranda maverick that i'm super excited for so i'll start from the bottom up um, one, both of our guys are, I think they're on the prelims. I don't know how, um, set in stone this card is, but we got, uh, the fight I'm looking forward to the most Randy Costa. So if you haven't heard of Randy Costa, he's a uh, bantamweight. So it's 135. He's in the same division as Sean O'Malley. Uh, he's a great striker. He's light on his feet. He moves fast. He's had some pretty good, um, he's the only, bantamweight in UFC history to record three knockouts in his first three fights. And he's only been in the UFC or fighting for a total of nine minutes. So I think he's, um, I think it's going to be a really good fight. Uh, actually, let me rephrase. I think it's going to be a really good fight for Randy. Um, he's the underdog. I'm pretty sure I was trying to check the, the odds, but I, I couldn't find anything yet. Um, he's the underdog against Adrian Yanez, but Adrian Yanez last time I saw him, his boxing was like really, really sloppy. Um, I guess he's known as a boxer in the UFC. You'd probably cry your eyes out if you saw him. Um, but uh, really sloppy, just not uh, great on his feet. He's kind of, uh, he's one of those dudes, you ever see those people who like when they move, you just like know they're like not athletic. Yeah. Like, he's just one of those dudes yeah. who I saw move and it's just like, yeah, he's just, he doesn't move well. Like he's just like, he just has like some skill. He, he had a good, he had a fight, his last fight he fought, um, He fought Gustavo Lopez and uh, he, he won, but I think he got touched up a little bit there. If I remember correctly, um, it was a third round TKO and I'm pretty sure he almost got dropped in that fight. So I'm not too sure what uh, Vegas is seeing here, but Randy's a really tough striker. Uh, he moves well, he's fast and I'm excited to kind of, I'm excited to really, be able to sit down and, and uh, watch him do this after like training him and going through the whole thing. So I think he's going to win. I think it's going to be a first round knockout. I think he's going to, he's got some crazy kicks. So I think he's going to come in. This is also a, a cool little battle, I guess. They've kind of created this little uh, argument between the two because Randy likes Reese's and Yana's likes uh, Dr. Pepper. So they're saying this is like a Reese's versus Dr. Pepper thing. I don't really know why, but Dr. Pepper sucks. Dr. Pepper is a worse soda. So well, that's not true, but <laughs> it's soda and candy. Why? I don't understand why. Why? Like, I don't. I don't. I don't know the why difference. Is that, why is that? I don't understand what the competition is. I don't know. They're don't two know. different things. But it's something about. It's like saying, you know, my socks versus your shirt. <laughs> not, it doesn't make any sense. Uh, it really doesn't, but I guess that's the whole thing that they've been kind of pushing this whole fight. But I like pasta, you like ice cream, it's on. <laughs> I, I don't even know what that is. Oh, man, I have no idea. But Randy Costa, first-round KO. Then we got Brendan Allen. Uh, he's another one that we train at uh, Drew Strong. Um, he's had some uh, – he had a good fight his last fight. He's, I think he's like only the second-ever heel hook in the UFC. He won with a uh, heel hook in the first round. So um, I'm expecting him to pull this one out. He's been working hard. He's fighting a dude who's 8-0, though. So it's definitely going to be a tough fight for him. Um, but I'm definitely, like I said, I'm excited to see where he's at. And I think, it, yeah, it was a first round, um, first round heel hook. So that's pretty impressive. Then we got the, uh, the two fights of the night, in my opinion. So we got Macy Barber and Miranda Maverick. Macy Barber is supposed to be like that next woman in the UFC that, or she was supposed to be the next person in the UFC 
to uh, kind of take over the division and, and kind of cement herself as like one of the, the women's faces. And she, uh, she flopped her last fight. She didn't look good at all. She was the one I was telling you about that was kind of like throwing, I think she was on the last counter card. Um, just throwing like combinations in thin air, like not even close to the person she was, uh, she was into or like fighting. She was just throwing like one, two, three hooks from like five feet away. So it's just, I don't know what I was looking at. But she, uh, it was it was the most bizarre thing I've ever seen. Like she'd throw the hook and then come in and just get smashed and then like step out. So I'm hoping she, you know, steps up a little bit here and uh, can and show something a little bit better. She's fighting a girl in Miranda Maverick, who in my eyes is uh, one of the better up and coming women's fighters in the UFC. And she had a really good last fight. She um, she beat Jillian Robertson, who is you know she's not like a a top name in the ufc but she's definitely a a good fighter and i think that miranda maverick is going to pull this one out because i think barber's got a lot of things to work on and i I could be wrong here because i I think macy barber easily can be the next face and she's got all the skills and everything that you want but she she's the girl also that tore her acl and just continued the fight you remember i was telling you about that yeah yeah so um She's got a couple, you know, L's on her record and, and her, her, she was eight, and zero up until the last two fights and the light, the fight she lost before that she tore her ACL and this last fight, not really sure what happened, but she was basically boxing Casper. So I'm hoping to see Miranda Maverick come in. Uh, I think Miranda Maverick's going to pull this out, but I would not mind seeing Macy Barber win. Um, I'm gonna have to look up the odds for all that stuff to make sure and see what's going on there, but I'm pretty sure that uh maverick's the favorite and then last but not least we got Corey sandhagen versus tj dillashaw so this is a fight i've been waiting for um dillashaw's coming back for the bantamweight division uh he just i think this is yeah this is his first fight back since he got uh his suspension lifted from steroid use and dillashaw was the champion I think two years ago when he beat Cody Garbrandt and then he beat Dominic or no. Yeah. He beat Cody Garbrandt twice and um, he was a lightweight champion. Then he got popped for steroids and then he got suspended. So Dillashaw coming back could be huge or it could be a flop. You know, this is going to be his first fight quote unquote off the juice. If he's actually off the juice or he just hasn't gotten caught first fight back. He's when he's in the ring, he's definitely one of the most dynamic and best fighters in the Bantamweight division, but Sandhagen has been like phenomenal in his last couple fights. And he beat the number one contender um, at, the, at the time who was, um, um, I'm forgetting his name now, or Marlon Morris. And then knee, flying knee knocked out uh, Frankie Edgar. So his last two fights are, you know, kind of standout wins in my eyes. And I, I, I think he's one of the most creative kind of like you were talking about with, uh, with Islam. Like when you, when you see a dude who's just got like that creativity and he's kind of got that, that like it factor, like I think Sandhagen's got it. And I think he's just creative in his kicks. He's creative in the setup. He moves well. He, he, he's well with his, he, uh, he hits well, like he, he moves well on, on his feet. And uh, I, I think he's, I think he's going to beat Dillashaw. And I think Dillashaw is, this is probably one of the tougher fights that Dillashaw could have came back to. And um, I really think that what's going to happen here is Sandhagen's going to knock him out in the second round. I think Dillashaw is going to come back to a rude awakening. And then, you know, whatever happens from there, maybe a third, well, I don't think there'd be a third Garbrandt fight, but um, I do think Sandhagen's going to win. I think he's going to do it handily. And I think he's going to do it in another stylish fashion. Um, the first knockout against Morez was a roundhouse kick to the head and then the second one was like i said the flying knee so i think he's going to do this with his hands this time i think he's going to knock out dillashaw in the second round so i got sanhagen second round tko i got miranda maverick with a second round submission i got brendan allen with a second round tko and i got randy costa with a first round ko adrian yanez those are my picks. So a lot of stuff this weekend. Then um, next weekend we got, let's see. 
We got another fight night, kind of a boring one, which we'll go over. And then we got 265 coming up. My boy Derek Lewis, about to get that interim belt. Hyped to talk about that. Uh, but let's get into boxing. We'll get into some boxing news, and uh, we'll go from there. All right. Um, actually, you know, first, I, I think uh, just for the sake of picking the fight, Joe Joyce is fighting Carlos Stockton okay. this weekend. Big-ass heavyweights, slow, fumbling, bumbling, big, stupid dummies. Um, I'm positive someone's going to get knocked out. Um, Joe Joyce should win. He's younger. He's 35, and Tackham's 40. Um, and Joe Joyce just won. He just beat Daniel Dubois a few months ago. Um, and Daniel Dubois was one of those guys coming up, one of those young heavyweights that everyone thought was going to be a superstar. Um, and honestly, all Joe, Joe Joyce did was last. Uh, Dubois kind of beat him up and uh, he just, he caught him and uh, got the TKO. Um, I think this old ass dude is going to not, I think he's going to, Joe Joyce has a good chin, but I think this old ass dude is going to rock him. I think this dude, Carlos, uh, is going to rock Joe Joyce. Um, so I think that's on zone. Maybe worth checking out. Just a giant, I think they're both. Joe Joyce is 6'6". Six, six. I want to say Tackham's like 6'3 or something. So they're both giant dudes. Jesus. Um, it's probably going to be boring as shit, though, until someone gets knocked out. <laughs> um, but in boxing news, um, there's been talk between Canelo and Caleb Plant. I guess they're trying to set up the fight for September 18th in Las Vegas. But because it's Canelo... And he's going to be fighting in September regardless. Um, they're looking for other options. I guess Dimitri Bivol has come up as a second option at 175. Um, and this is like, you know, I think at some point it's going to become boring talking about how great Canelo is and like all the shit that he does. And But I mean, this is like, this is a dangerous fight. Like, if he does end up fighting, yeah, like this, this is a dangerous, dangerous fight for Canelo. And he's going to do it. You know what I mean? I, like, it just that's just who he is. He, he's fighting the, the toughest guys he could possibly fucking find. Yeah. Um, so, either way, we're going to see Canelo fight uh, someone real. Uh, his last two fights this year, which would be September and then December. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, Fury Wilder got um, rescheduled to October 9th. Um, there's some more videos of Wilder out there working the mitts. And, and apparently uh, playing basketball or something like that. No, his trainer's out there trying to fucking like... Like, I get what he's doing. Like, it's not... It's not that it's – I think it's good coaching. I think they're going in with a good game plan. But, like, what he's doing is that he's in there having Wilder throw, like, these four, five, six-punch combinations. Mm-hmm. And then he's, like, acting like – trying to act like Fury and, like, do all this. And what he's got him doing is, in the middle of this, time him and just stick a jab to the stomach to set up, you know, your other shots, which isn't a bad idea. Um, I wouldn't be posting the shit online. Yeah. Uh, that's that's a pretty specific game plan. But also, I mean, honestly, that's what I would tell my fighter too. I would do the same shit. Anytime he does the stupid shit with his hand, fucking throw, stick the jab out, pop him. You know what I mean? Uh, it's it's a good plan. But I wouldn't. One, I don't. I don't think Wilder's been training this way long enough to adhere to this style. Mm-hmm. And two, uh, now that you just showed Fury, like, like probably the best shot you have at surprising him. Also, uh, on top of that, as much as like it, it makes sense, uh, as much as it makes sense to do that, like the IQ of Wilder is going to be a lot better in the ring than his fucking coach, I would assume. 
you know, like as much like like the whole idea of like moving like Wilder makes sense, but like you know, like Fury. Yeah, or like Fury, like moving yeah. Fury makes sense, but like if you're gonna when you get in the ring, whether Wild or Fury saw that or not, I don't think he's just gonna sit there and and like wait for a jab. You know what I mean? Like I'm sure. No, no, no but I, again, the, like I, I, again, I what he's doing is good because what you're trying to drill into Wilder is something like that that he's dealt with before in those first two fights is that Fury moves around a lot, pops a jab, moves around, pops a jab, moves around, pops a jab. Mm -hmm. And Wilder sort of just sits there and takes it because he's waiting to unload his big shot. So what he's trying to drill into him is that muscle memory. Yeah. Anytime that you're not throwing a shot and this guy's not throwing a shot and he's just moving around all crazy, stick the fucking jab out. It's great muscle memory to build. I mean, every fighter should do that. I I tell everyone to do that. If you see someone's got a lot of people have like uh, they get into this rhythm with their hands, like they'll they'll shake their hand or they'll drop their hand or or they'll bounce their hands before they throw a jab. Mm -hmm. It's very easy to time. So when people get in this this little rhythm that they're doing, like that's the time to attack because they're trying to get themselves comfortable. And Fury's just like every other fighter in that way. So it's a it's a good strategy. and I, I think it would work for the most part. I mean, again, like to your point, Fury has a high ring IQ. So how long would it last is another question. Yeah. Like maybe within a couple of rounds, he realized like, oh, I see what he's doing. Every time I start to razzle and dazzle or, or you know, take my, my, my foot off the pedal, he's just going to, you know, come back in, stick me with something, try to get me off. My... He'll figure it out. And realistically, um, Fury or Wilder's never been – a combination puncher. So like, no, he's that's, that's what I mean. Yeah. He's got him in there throwing, you know, four or five punch combinations with speed. And it's like, this is not who he is. Like it's never been who he is. So <laughs> yeah. I mean, a Wilder's a Wilder's got decent speed for a big guy, but it's really more has to do with his frame. Um, it's not like, it's not like he doesn't punch that way. He punches yeah. He's not, he's not the kind of guy who's throwing shots with his hands open, like Ali, right? You think of like big guys or like Fury or like Larry Holmes, these guys, their hands are open and they're just flicking, flicking, flicking. That's why their hands are so fast. Uh, Wilder is a guy that throws all of his shots with his shit tight before he leaves his shoulder. That's just who he is. Um, So you're trying to get him to, to fight a completely different style in like, in a year and a half, and I just it ain't gonna work. And it, he said he's old as shit, man. He's like thirty six now or something. Um, so I don't know. Um, yeah, that's been rescheduled. I, I mean, I guess a good thing for Wilder, he's got three extra months to train. Yeah, I mean, um, I don't think it fucking helps him. I don't think it matters. Um, oh, and they're they're still trying to get this uh, Joshua versus Usyk fight going in the meantime um which i think that might put it throw a fucking kink in the whole fury joshua plans too because i think Usyk has a really good chance of beating joshua yeah i think like like i said i think this kind of fucked everything up um and unfortunately i think each day that the well i think let's put it this way each day that it didn't happen uh, up until it was supposed to be this weekend. Um, I thought the, the Joshua Fury fight was like less. Um, now I think it's probably like 20% of actually happening ever just because I, unless, unless everything works out and the boxing gods like, are like, yeah, like, you know, this, this fight needs to happen. I just don't see this fight at least not for another six months. You know, like, yeah, 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 but you know what? It's that isn't one of these fights. It's like this isn't like Mayweather Pacquiao, where yeah. both guys are actually good fighters, and it's like you could see either guy winning. This isn't that. Like, I don't think Joshua has a fucking chance in hell of beating Fury. Yeah, but we want to see it because it's they're the two biggest names in the heavyweight division. Yeah, and they're the guys that get, they have all the belts, so we want to see it. But as far as like. So the, the hype for the fight is like, yeah, it's exciting. The idea of it is exciting. It'll be a, it'll be a great event. But the fight itself isn't going to be great. Fury's going to fucking mop that dude up, man. 
You know what I mean? I mean, anyone that thinks otherwise don't know what the fuck they're talking about. Don't know they don't know shit about boxing. And I don't, and I also, I don't, I kind of don't get like Wilder and Fury, like this whole like. It, it, I just hate the idea of this fight. I just hate it overall. That's it. Yeah. I mean, get, like, yeah, the idea of this fight, right? That it was forced. It was legally forced. Yeah. Like this, this is arbitration. Like, like uh, Wilder filed a lawsuit to get this fight. So yeah. the idea of this just feels. It's like uh, who gives a fuck, man? You're, now it's become a task, really, for the fighters and for fans. It's a task. It's like okay, we got to get this fucking thing over with so we can move on now. And it's yeah. like. You know, the only people that are really like looking forward to it are Wilder fans that think yeah. that he didn't lose the other. Eight, you know what I mean? A thing. bunch of weirdos with fucking weird tinfoil hats. Yeah, I don't know. Um, guys that listen to Joe Rogan's podcast. <laughs> I listen. Yeah, to aliens are are real, man, and mushrooms are awesome. Did you listen? Oh, oh, do you have you ever listened? Do you ever listen to it at all or no? Yeah, once in a while, but I get sick of his pseudo intellectual bullshit. It's like Joe, you're not smart. You know what I mean? Like every guy that comes on, he tries to. He's like, "Well, you know, I, I read this article or watched this video, and it's like, yeah, but you don't know what the fuck you're talking about." He's like, "Shut the fuck up!" Yeah. Like the guy in, in a college class who tries to be in the same level as a professor because he read an article once. Shut up. He had Neil deGrasse Tyson on uh, like two weeks ago, and yeah, uh, I, yeah, I, I listened to this one. I he, it. he just yeah. fucking kept trying to force Neil deGrasse Tyson to tell him that aliens were real. this is one of these things that you know that you know now we're going off into another thing but it's it's something very interesting to me is that anyone who takes science seriously readily admits like yes of course aliens are real like the the universe is infinite of course there are aliens but thinking that they come down here and they're fucking taking some redneck under their ship and then fucking leaving them and then leaving again like that's dumb you're yeah. all nuts. You're not coming here and fucking mowing people's lawns and shit. Like, that's stupid. And, and Joe Rogan's one of these fucking weirdo guys that's like, yeah, Bigfoot's real, man. And, you know, the, the Navy has fucking... No, they don't, dummy. No, they don't. And then, like, I hold a, I, love, I love the whole bit where, I, like, Neil uh, is, like, saying that it's very egotistical of human beings to, to think that this advanced species would visit us yeah. and, like, hide from us. Yeah, it's yeah, like yeah. no, and Joe Rogan's like, no, man, we're fascinating. We do all this. It's like, dude, that's not fascinating. You <laughs> numb skull. And Joe Rogan's such a Neanderthal, like posing. He's always posing as like this again. It's his pseudo intellectual. Like I, I'm, I'm smart. I'm an intellectual. I read books. <laughs> when Joe Rogan's the kind of guy that fucking reads headlines and sparkles, he doesn't read books. And has Jamie pull up the article. <laughs> uh, and by the way, by the way, I saw. Um, I watched this guy that, that react, this uh, Russian kettlebell dude that reacts to other people uh-huh. uh, doing kettlebell routines. And he reacted to Joe Rogan's video for On It, where he did like uh, uh, like gorilla fucking cleans yeah. with both hands alternating. Yeah. Uh, and it was even, even I could tell it, my, my low level certification that that's, that's no good for your shoulders. Well, and that was just tearing him apart. It's like <laughs> Joe Rogan, he just looks like, what he is a guy that lives in texas that eats nothing but meat and he hunts he does mushrooms it's like he's just a big dumb idiot well and then when he and then when he's calling fights everything is exciting and oh my god did you see that joe nothing happened nothing happened he's like oh you see oh he almost hit him with that he almost got him with that kick if he does it's gonna be lights out thanks for nothing stupid Like, listen to a listen to like Andre Ward and Joe Tessitore and these guys call a fight. They're nice and calm until something actually fucking happens, right? Oh, by the way, boxing analysts are out there having conversations about like pop culture and shit, and then something happens, yeah. And they're on it. These, these guys are like, oh, oh, oh my god, you see that? He missed, <laughs> but not by a lot. I went to uh, BYB Extreme this weekend, which is a bare knuckle boxing extreme. The weirdest experience I've ever been to in my life. I'm going to talk yeah. about it because it's a fight and it's boxing. Yeah. So, uh, and, I, and I, I don't know if he was there for like the money. I'm sure they paid him, but Pauli Malinaji was there. And uh, Muhammad Ali, one of Muhammad Ali's, what? He was fighting? 
No, he was there just commentating. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Pauli Malinaji was there. Um, one of Muhammad Ali's wife's was there. Um, I went with a friend of uh, a couple friends of mine, but one of them included Maureen Shea, who's a three time world champion boxer. And everyone was just like, this is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in my life. And yeah. it's a triangle cage, first off. So it's like taking a full cage, cutting it in half, make it a little bit smaller. And uh, it's just bottom of the like bottom feeder boxing. Like it's just like it's like the type of shit you see, like like uh, just, on YouTube. Just think of like a gambler <laughs> who's like, yo, what are the what is the D three basketball spread? Like that's what I think of this. As. Yeah. Just, like, yeah. Someone who's just like, I want to watch more fighting. Who's dumb enough to come and fight? And these dudes just look like hillbillies <laughs> just like people who just got nothing else going for guys them. are fighting in jeans yeah like, <laughs> it was the most bizarre thing i've ever seen um closer to street fighting than it was to actual boxing or fighting or anything like that yeah um, and it showed because there was a couple there was one person in particular that we knew um or well i didn't know but maureen that i was with knew and she was a, an MMA fighter. I guess she boxed for a little bit. Her name was uh, Angela Tohill. I don't know if you've ever heard of her. I know the name. But she's, uh, she's old. She's like 44. Yeah. With this girl who's probably like 32. No boxing skills whatsoever. Like came into the ring like this. Like this is her stance. And she beat her. The, the, the street fighter beat the other girl. And honestly, I think it was because she tried to go into it like it was an actual boxing match. Like an actual... MMA like a like a fight she was like throwing her jab out there sticking her jab out like trying to get her distance but this girl just like it was just a street fight so it was just like it, it was ugly so many punches missed um it was just one of the most bizarre things I've ever been to so when you see fights like Canelo when you see fights like Tyson Fury when you see fights like Connor in his prime Habib don't take it for granted because there's yeah. shit like this that's going on. It, it, it is a skill. It is a skill. It takes a lot of fucking time in the gym to hone the skill, to look as good as these guys do. Yeah. And, you know, especially, you know, a guy like fucking Canelo in particular with the timing that he has, yeah. how many hours in the gym, how many fucking repetitions of each fucking combo that he throws to yeah. get his timing down that way. Yeah. So when you see the two dummies swinging at each other and not hitting anything and they're looking at the ground when they do, yeah, uh, you know, don't, don't take it for granted. When it's, just, it's just one of those things. Guys. It's just like I see it now. And I'm, I've been to more than one of these boxing events. I went to the actual bare knuckle. Um, and I also this weekend, if you are interested in that, Paige Van Zandt is fighting uh, Rachel Ostovich and bare knuckle. Um, basically an OnlyFans event, essentially. That's all they they make. I think they both make more money on OnlyFans than they actually do fighting. So, it, you know, the one thing, like, see, this is the other thing. To, it, the people who are pining for these type of events and who are paying for them yeah, um, are the type of people that don't know, they don't understand anything about fighting because they're like, oh, bare knuckles, it's like more real. But it's yeah. like the, the reason that fighters wear shit on their hands is so they don't break their fucking hands in someone's skull. Yeah. It's not to protect the other guy. It's not so like, oh, this doesn't hurt as much. That's not what it's for. You know what I mean? It's so you don't smash your fingers on someone's fucking skull. And people are like, oh, bare knuckles, that's real. It's no, these guys are dumb. Yeah. You know what I mean? Especially where they're thrown. Like, I, I can only imagine how many times fucking guys hit with the front of their hands. The way that they're swinging and break their thumbs. That, it, it, it's like nonsense. It's just bottom feeder fighting. Like, it's just yeah. like bottom level. Like, you look at the shit and you're just like, I cannot imagine being put in this situation. <laughs> and, uh, but yeah, and the ring, like I said, the ring itself, like, it's essentially like you might as well just put both your foot in a tire. And just like swing at each other. That's all it is. You know? I, I, I don't, I don't, I don't get it though. Like, I don't, I don't get why a triangle, like just to be different. Because I think it's, it's probably just for, for the fighters. It's just to be different. And I think it provides more knockouts. Like, I think that like, there's not much room to go. 
you you uh, you're you know you can get cornered and like you can move a little bit but like there's literally like it's it's literally half the, like i saw six fights in total and i saw four knockouts so like you know it's just one of those things where i think people just want to see other people get hurt and that's it because they don't actually understand the sport which is you know what you're saying what i've been saying but it was bad um but i went to it is uh makes me appreciate the good fights more that's all i'm saying yeah i'm kind of glad i went to it but uh but i think that's it for this week um don't think there's anything else in terms of boxing or ufc like i said we went over all that stuff oh, one more thing um been watching some ryan garcia lately um what, like old stuff or like no, just like stuff he's put out like his training okay. he better watch out who he fights next yeah i don't like what i'm saying from him just like even his speed like is not the same type of speed it was before like when you see him in the instagram videos before like there's a different type of like swagger to him and like whether it was like earned or just like whatever like self-given swagger but like his speed looks off his his punches look weird. Um, I'm a, I would be nervous to whoever he, but I would be nervous for him for whoever he fights next. Cause uh, I think he might get hurt. Yeah. I don't, uh, you know, we talked about it before. I don't, I don't think he's in a position to play any of the top guys. Oh, that's, that's another thing. Speaking of like guys at that weight, Raleigh Romero. Uh, oh yeah. yeah. Out yeah. Which is, I hope that happens because I hate that dude, Raleigh. Uh, he's got some power, but he is whack. Yeah. And uh, I would love to see Tank just fucking murder that guy. Bash the skull. Tank would put that dude on a stretcher for real. Yeah. That dude can't fight, man. Is he is he in the PVC or no? Yeah, he is. Yeah, so they'll probably give him that fight just to fucking. Yeah. Might as well. Well, because you, you can't fucking have Tank fight anyone real. Yeah. Yeah, I say. Oh, Josh Taylor came out and said that uh, in an interview that he he said he would smash Tank to pieces, which I love. He was like, "Look, he's a he's a really good fighter. He's got a ton of power. He's like, but I mean, he's not the boxer I am. I'd smash him to pieces. I love it. Make Mayweather make that play happen. Make that play happen. I think he will. I think he's just waiting for the the money to come through. But yeah. uh, I think that I, I think that fight has to get made. You know. I don't think there's a way. Uh, I don't think there's a way that that fight doesn't get made. Let's just put it that way. Yeah, so. they they have to. They got yeah. um, But yeah, so again, weekend a lot of UFC, a lot of a couple of our guys fighting, which I'm pretty excited to watch for the first time. Got some boxing, which Jake went over. If you guys have any questions, thoughts, comments, concerns, people who people you want us to look at, shoot them our way, and we'll see you guys next time. Peace. Peace.